we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE Now. I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have... Mike Roberts. As, as always, here hanging out on the campus of University of Richmond. Beautiful, beautiful campus. I uh, want to send a huge shout-out to Tom Shields, uh, making sure we had a room to actually do the podcast. That's kind of important, right, Mike, to actually have a room to <laughs> set the equipment up in. Yeah, we don't have a room, we don't have a podcast. No room, no podcast, so thank you so much to Tom Shields and the folks out here in University of Richmond for ensuring that we have a place to record this podcast. And uh, got an extra special guest here today for your listening pleasure. And uh, extra special, meaning that he lives in a different time zone and even <laughs> yeah. a different country. Like <laughs> So extra, extra uh, special guest here. But before we do that, uh, gotta make sure you guys know where to check us out. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all at Henrico CTE and HenricoCTE.com. Stay up to date on, with us and everything we got going on in Henrico CTE. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. Our podcast is available on Anchor.com, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, and all of your other major and minor podcast venues. Yep. So we have you covered pretty much anywhere. You want to listen any way you can listen? Oh, I didn't bring up. I didn't bring my updated list of international. Oh, it's okay. I think our guest is we'll international do enough. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right, we'll do it. We'll do it next time. But now to for your feature presentation, uh, we are here talking to Dr. Pierre Tolowitzki, visiting president, visiting presidents. Jeez, <laughs> visiting <laughs> one day, visiting professor in residence at the University of Richmond. Uh, by way of Ludwigsburg University in Germany. I hope I got all that correct. That was perfect. Man. That was perfect. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for joining us here. My pleasure. On the campus of uh, the University uh, of Richmond. So uh, we've heard all uh, about the Germany tracking model. Right. Could you kind of explain what the tracking model is, how it works, and how it's kind of changed over the years. Yeah, my pleasure. We, we got 10 hours on this podcast, right? <laughs> we got to abbreviate a little bit, please. If they'll if hold the mind. train. They... <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, uh, so first I've got to say, I mean, um, while I do a lot of educational research, I'm by, by no means the biggest expert on that topic. <laughs> um, and next, it's hugely complicated just because, you know, we don't have one education system in Germany. We actually got 16 of them because our federal states, they have autonomy in matters of culture and education. And that makes for like little mutations here and there. But very generally said, um, you got elementary school, so primary school, uh, that's pretty much, um, in most states, four years, that's for everybody the same thing. And then the whole tracking model really kicks in. For secondary school, you, um, depending on your grades, um, on recommendation by teachers, sometimes also by what the parents think is right, you go to a different kind of secondary school. And so there's uh, what we call the gymnasium. Um, so that's not where we do sports. It's uh, the <laughs> highest uh, type of school. Um, highest in the term, in the sense that it's the longest type. You go there then for, for eight, sometimes even nine years, making for then a total of 12 or 13 years of school if you add the primary school to it. And that would be, you know, if you graduate from there, if you get your diploma, that would be what enables you to go to university. Bam. 
Um, you can also go to the Realschule or, you know, the, the middle tier school, I guess you could say. And there's a bit shorter. You usually go there for something like six, seven-ish years. And with that, um, you can then continue on to the gymnasium, gymnasium again to get that diploma. Or you can try to find a, a job that um, maybe has an apprenticeship or some kind of further qualifications necessary, but that is not quite university level um, in terms of requirement. And the third type of school, again, you know, very simply put, is then the Hauptschule or um, a more vocation, uh, more vocational uh, school that also runs uh, shorter. You're uh, usually done in six years, just about. With that type of school, you're expected afterwards to um, go into the trades, to find a vocational school, find an apprenticeship. Now, it's it's a bit tricky in the sense that uh, in 2004, just about, you know, there were some international assessments and it became quite clear that the system wasn't very fluid. So, you know, if you were stuck at one school type, you, you were really stuck. You couldn't yeah, get out. Right. And also that um, where you came from, the socioeconomic background, um, that really heavily influenced um, sort of what school type you were likely then to go in and succeed at. And uh, so, so minorities or uh, parents with low educational um, socioeconomic background, their kids then often ended up at this Hauptschule, this this more vocational school. Um, sometimes also irrespective of, of what you know what the kids were actually capable of, and uh, had a hard time uh, changing uh, changing school types. And in a way, they weren't set up for success. You could even say they were set up for failure in a way. And right. um, so, you know, there were a lot of reforms then. And uh, ever since, the system has become more fluid. But Germany is still one of those countries where where you come from uh, is uh, pretty big in predicting where your kids sort of well uh, will likely go to school. All right. So you had an opportunity to come and check us out a little bit. Absolutely. You got a chance to, uh, I know we were there, Mike, for him coming to visit the house, the uh, Summer Trades Program, a program that we hold for kids inside of Henrico County to learn how to do different types of trades, everything from carpentry on to electricity work. So just give us a general feel for how that entire experience was, the house, and then going to visit the schools and such. Yeah. Yeah. So if we start with the house, so, you know, I, I was able to see an actual house being built, you know, <laughs> by, by the kids. And to me, that was very impressive because um, in a way, necessity or real life, I guess you could say, is, is one of the best teachers of all, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. you know, if, if, if you got these bricks lying around there and you need to make a wall, you know, that, that becomes a necessity at that point. Otherwise, you, you, can't, you can't have that house. So um, that totally made sense to me that this could be motivating, but also very, very valuable in terms of teaching. I, I think um, that that's a wonderful setup. Also, another where you know another challenge often is how how do you make this kind of stuff sustainable? You know, for the for the kids, uh, it's totally clear what they can get out of that. Yeah, I think they get an education that's real to life. They can feel empowered. They they see, hey, I'm able to do stuff. Um, I'm able to achieve stuff. Look, look, you know, this wasn't here yesterday. Now it's built and it'll still be here tomorrow. That I can, you know, that I totally um, saw. Um, and then often with these kinds of projects, though, the challenge is, you know, where do you get the money? How, how do you like get a sustainable cycle going on? And it seemed like this project also solved that, you know. You oh, know, absolutely. Yeah. You build yeah. the houses, you can sell the houses. Um, and, and that gives you sort of the funds necessary to continue with this kind of stuff. And so that I thought was really, really beautiful. I will say this because the Germans are always critical. <laughs> I, um, I, I, you know, from what I understood, a lot of people apply to that, a lot of kids, and, and I think that's great. I am looking for something similar for the girls to apply, though, right? 
Well, the, the the girls are open to applying. Yeah, and yeah. I saw, yeah. I saw yeah, some, we have a couple. Yeah. Of girls I saw, I saw a couple. Yeah. I mean, they seem just as motivated oh, as absolutely. the others. Absolutely, but I, but I was wondering, you know, isn't there in my mind the pool of people of like of generally people looking to do something like that of kids look is maybe split equally between you know between genders. So what happens to them with the girls? I was wondering. Right, right. Well, basically, I mean, this is a the application process right. or the, and the recruiting that we do when we go out and talk to the students. Right. It is up to the students. 100 percent of whether this is the track they want to take or not right, right. and we do work very hard to try and, and attract as many as we can the ones that do have always been very highly yeah, motivated yeah, yeah. um are you probably met two of the masonry students yeah. two, two females and and they are doing great they're going to competitions they're getting awards um the teacher is very complimentary of them and i think one of them is getting hired that's awesome um, by a company one, of, the, one awesome. of our business partners so yeah yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's literally like the whole goal of, of what we do here. We want the kids to leave yeah. uh, knowing where they're going. Our director, Mac Baton, always says he wants them to leave enrolled, enlisted, or employed. And uh, our programs are, are really like on track to doing that. On the topic of girls, remember Izzy from Electricity? She was oh absolutely gosh. amazing. I wish you could have met her. I She's already she graduated. <laughs> so cool. She was one of our just – we put her out in front. I had her on the cover of the, yeah. of the course catalog. We oh, did fantastic. interviews with her. She was just fabulous. And right, right. Her sister is, ju being, is just as amazing. So, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, we do what we can, but obviously because it's their choice, and a lot of it is society's right. norms, you know, yeah. A, a, a lot of the, the young females, they're going to gravitate towards nursing if they come to the A centers at all. Yeah, okay. so, you know, gotcha. we, do, we do a lot of trying to break those types of stigmas, right? Absolutely. So, you, know, you, can, you can be anything you, you can want. Be anything oh, you absolutely. Want to be. That's like our whole thing when we go mm -hmm. out there to recruit. Uh, don't be intimidated uh, by the amount of boys you might see in this class because there's been plenty of women who've come through. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes, I know we hear this in masonry all the time, oh, do yeah. good work and cleaner work <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, the than the boys. So <laughs> That's great. Right. But it's, it's in, it, it, the same thing. It's just um, we've got 30 different programs, so yeah. they're spread across the yeah, right, right. all those different programs. And, and I think you're doing it right by making it choice-driven. You know, right. yes. tell, tell a kid sort of what it is, you know, what what, uh, what he or she should like. Forget about it. That's not motivating at all. But if, if a kid uh, finds his or her passion, you know, that's – that's what's going to drive that that uh, young person. Now, with the all system, where you've got the three different tracks, right. how, where where is the is this all driven by the students and or this is the parents and administrators? This is, this is the parents question. and teacher, and you know after after primary school, the parents and teacher basically make that decision mm -hmm. where uh -huh. to go in. And at that time, even no matter what secondary school you're at, you're in, you're not you're not as closely connected yet to what we've seen. You know, you're not building houses, you're not uh, right. learning about nursing or something just yet. That would happen in a step after. So let's say oh. you go to the Hauptschule, you know, so you, you've done after something like the ninth grade, so nine years total. Then you can apply uh, for an apprenticeship. From if I'm if I'm being 100% honest, from my estimation now and now uh, nowadays it gets even more complicated because you might even need the next type of school, the higher type of school. But let's mm -hmm. say. Let's say that that still works out. You apply for an apprenticeship, and then the the German model, sort of as it called, sometimes kicks in, and that's I think a beautiful solution as well. The German, many German companies, especially like smaller uh, smaller businesses, medium businesses, um, they work together with so-called vocational schools. And what will happen then is you you sign a, a contract as an apprentice if you get in. And then you work, you know, let, let's say on something like a nursery or um, craftsmanship, some kind of craftsmanship mm -hmm. or um, becoming a plumber, all this kind of stuff. You, you do that two, three days a week. 
and the other one or two day or the other two days a week you go to a vocational school and the vocational school will will tell you sort of basics maybe even theoretical concepts but that are relevant to the job and then on the job you do the work you're actually learning you know and by the way you're also getting paid already you know it's a real it's a real contract as an apprentice and then usually these types of apprenticeships they they last for about up to three years and then if everything works out you know at the end of the day you you're certified whatever certified Mm -hmm. mechanic certified plumber certified all these kind of stuff that's uh, they're like up to 400 trades that have this kind of model so you you you, you know you should find some uh, something that tweaks to you and not only that but i think statistically speaking two-thirds of them that were then immediately start working in that company or that small business because you know it's advantageous to both if it works out right, you right. Know, they the, the business says hey great i got i got my employee right here <laughs> and i know he or she's good because you know we worked together for three years already and uh, for for the, um, the person himself or herself same thing you know he or she was able to experience that company for three years and goes like great you know i can go from from this right into the job perfect yeah and with us i mean it's just you got a one or two year program that right. you're picking and technically that's your you know if if you're going to one of the trades and you've got an apprenticeship program after you've graduated high school and and finished with the a centers um they are you've done your first year of apprenticeship right and then you go right in you're you're hired by a company um you're going you're working for them during the day and then two nights i think it's about two nights a week you're going to your apprenticeship school. Yeah, you're learning. Taking right those there. classes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in many cases, either the employer is reimbursing you or paying you up front for that up front. Right. And then after that three years, they've got somebody that's fully certified, and right. so, you know, in that in that trade field. And again, and then again, they're already working for them. They've already got that experience, yeah. and so they. So it's a win. They're, <laughs> they're already yeah exactly. They're it's already the employee. There's no yep. decision after the fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's I and mean, it's close. It's, it's close. It's close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we are speaking with a Dr. Pierre. Tulowitzki, visiting professor uh, in residence at the University of Richmond by way of Ludwigsburg University in in (laughs) Germany on Henrico CTE now. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, to compare now uh, what you've seen and what it's like for you uh, for the systems in Germany, right? So how are they different? How are they the same? If you can compare them, <laughs> compare the oh, two. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a bit of a bear. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big one. So I, I think, uh, not to be a coward, but I think I can only answer in sort of general and vague terms. So right. If I, if I look oh, at yeah, I mean, because I mean, it's it's really you know, yeah. it's 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 a it's a huge. They're question. like colleagues, you know, they dedicate their life to research, researching this kind of stuff, right? Just like exactly. the differences or something. Um, yeah. So so very broadly said, I think if I look at like the school systems, the education systems. Um, the U.S. Um, is, is what I call, or what we would call, more uh, a bit more high stakes and, and you know high stakes testing oriented. You, you still have to standardize tests, and they're high stakes in the sense that often they decide a lot of stuff for you. You mm-hmm. know. Um, for students, but even on a school level, like if your school is tanking uh, and doing bad in the rankings, that can get dangerous real right, quick. Right. And then in Germany, um, we don't have we have what is called a low accountability system. So. Um, our schools don't really have to fear, uh, or our teachers really don't have to fear uh, bad results, sort of, sort of getting them fired. And that translates all the way down to the classroom. You know, the classroom practices are usually not uh, not oriented towards standardized tests. There, there is a curriculum, of course, and and um, you know, there there are um, uh, tests to take, but they're a bit more. 
malleable. They can, you know, the, the teachers usually come up with them. Um, they're, they're a bit uh, more competency oriented. So it's not about uh, checking those five boxes, if I may, you know, simplify a little bit. On the other hand, what I've seen in Enrico, it looked like you were super creative in, in how you were teaching. And so I'm assuming yes. also in how you're testing what you teach. Right. So, you so, know, again, generalizing, but not necessarily saying it's like that in every class. <laughs> well, well, back, back like to what, referring back to what you were saying before about each one of the school systems being independently run. Right you don't have a standard between schools where you know somebody could be taking the same class but they may not exactly come out with no the exact not exactly. same education exactly we we have for certain grades um and certain subjects we have what are called educational standards so they sort of specify what somebody should so they're, they're phrased in terms of competency standards so what what somebody should be able to do at mm -hmm. the so end basically of the baseline there. for what they should know right right okay. and and that allows for some level of cohesiveness i guess you could say you know it's somewhat comparable but as you know exactly as you said just because it's not that not that the curriculum is not that tightly run and we have 16 different states there's going to be some variances here uh in the, in the united states or uh, in virginia in particular uh, there's a little bit of an issue as far as like more people aging out of these skilled trades jobs right, right, right. than coming in. Is that a similar issue you yep. guys are seeing over there? Germany is actually one of the oldest workforce, I think, even in the world. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're thinking about that real hard as well. Um, and, uh, you, know, the, the old, you know, the workforce being old is not a problem yet, but one day they'll be <laughs> retired. Be, right. that, that'll be a, one big problem. So what do you, what do you see the the trend I guess uh, for the young people in Germany what are they what kind of jobs are they are they leaning towards would you say over one another Hmm oh, that's, that's a, a tough that's question, a question. <laughs> that's a tough question I mean we we know that like the um, the younger generations um, we're looking a bit more about um, into things like self determination self fulfillment flexibility I don't need to make a whole bunch of money. I need to make enough money. Right. Um, I want the job to be very meaningful. Uh, you know, it should do something uh, good for society. Maybe something even like that. You know, if I don't, I don't just want to make a lot of money um, at at the um, at the cost of other other at something the cost like of happiness, that. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, so. There's that, and, and there's many sort of companies trying to adjust the way they work, especially with the younger generation, to, to make that fit a little bit better. Um, so a topic like you know corporate social, social responsibility that, that gets a, a bit more uh, gains a bit more importance. And other than that, I mean, I, I gotta say, similar to to the U.S., as far as I know, um, unemployment is pretty low, um, and a lot of folks find find jobs. It's uh, so overall, I mean, there are a lot of challenges for sure, and there are some some uh, some inequities when you turn when you know in terms of access. But um, but I think it's moving in the right direction. So, is there any? Um are y'all pushing in y'all school systems any level of um, entrepreneurism with the, the children and, and the well, students as they're coming through the programs? Um, well, there is stuff like uh, critical, critical thinking. You know, I, I would say, again, I'm not an expert on this, but my impression is that that in, in the 70s, so still as a sort of result of, of World War II and, and uh, all the um, horrific things that happened, um, there was a lot of emphasis put into discussing things critically, thinking critically, and um, and that then sometimes ties into entrepreneurial thinking, mm -hmm. right. um, thinking outside of the box. There, there is still a lot of room for creative education. 
similar to other countries, we have been more and more in love with STEM, but the arts have not died yet. So they still have their place. And I think right. that's also an important element for even for entrepreneurial thinking that you're able to, to be creative as well. Exactly. That's exactly. a huge part of critical thinking, yeah. uh, right. the, creative, uh, the creative aspect using the other side of your brain, right? Is that right? Somebody yeah. get a biology well, professional in here because like, I have no clue. You know, Is that right? Left side of the brain? I guess it's the creative part. I don't know. Yeah, I got to Google it. We got to call someone. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, using my daughter as an example, when she went through the, the vet assistant program, um, she had four years of art, four years of language the whole time. All right. And, uh, and still being able to go to the ACE centers for half a day and get her vet training. And uh, so it's definitely, she saw it as important that she didn't want to sacrifice any of that. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's very important. Right, right. right. R real quick, what are some big takeaways that, uh, that, that you got from this trip that you'll take back home? Um, I was extremely impressed with um, how schools tried to, um, you know, the one in Iraq I saw, tried to connect to students on the one hand, but also to the world out there on right. the other hand. Um, I think... I was very impressed by sort of um, the diversity and enrichment in general, um, and it got me thinking also in how to how to enable exchange for you know and and uh, and how to maybe tear down some of the bridges that uh, have been over time historically maybe sort of sort of happened. Um, I see a huge potential because we got also together with uh, people from various NGOs on the community level that that were focused on things that are that are connected to education to quality of life i think there's tremendous opportunity in bringing those together in a more sort of structured manner systematic matter uh, manner because I, I, there's a lot of potential in there um, but just thinking of enrico i mean um, I, I think you're doing on the right track um, and and <laughs> that was very very impressive to me. And, I, and finally i think i really discovered just generally speaking I like uh, fried oysters and soft shells, <laughs> which was surprising to me. <laughs> That's All great. Right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Pierre Tulowitzki, for uh, spending some time with us. I know you're on a tight schedule. No, you got to go. You got to run. <laughs> Thanks for having uh, me. So we're going to bring this show to a close. Okay, be sure you guys check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, at HenricoCTE. Don't forget the website, HenricoCTE.com. All right. I'm getting better at that, Mike. Got to remember to shout the website out. Stay up to date with us. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. Uh, podcast is on Spotify, Apple, Google, um, and Anchor, and many, many other places. Yeah, many, many other places. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm Rashawn Garnett for Mike Roberts, for Dr. Pierre Tulowitzki. Thanks. Thanks for listening. So long, everyone. <laughs>